Welcome to Literary Quest, a podcast hosted by us, Vicki and Marissa, where we discuss our favorite and fantasy fiction and hopefully can direct you in your quest to find your next great read. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Literary Quest. Today we'll be discussing The Ashes and The Star-Cursed King by Carissa Broadbent. This is the second book in the series. We covered the last book last week. It was called The Serpent and the Wings of Night. So if you've not read this book, uh, go read it. And then you can listen to the one that we discussed last week because it's the first book in the series. And then come back to this one or do whatever you want because it's your life and you get to choose what you do. I'll be discussing our characters and Vicky will discuss our plot. So we have Oriah, who is our main female lead. At the end of the last book, she became the heir to the Hiage Nightborn vampires uh, and discovered that Vincent, the former king of the Nightborn kingdom, is actually her father and that she is half a vampire. And so in the wake of her father's death, she is struggling with grief for his loss and anger and resentment for all of the lies that he told her while also struggling with her feelings for rain and as the heir to the kiosh vampires she maintains contact with jasmine who is the war general for the kiosh vampires and who also served vincent and then we have rain who is the main male lead and a rashan vampire at the end of the last book rain became the king of the nightborn vampires after he killed oriah's father vincent and so he now grapples with running the Rashan Empire as a turned vampire who was a slave to King Neculi, the king before Vincent became king. Rain's best friend, whom he trusts implicitly, is Misha, who later serves as Oriah's guard. And then he also works with Katora and Karis, who are also slaves under Neculi, to figure out how to run his new kingdom. We have Septimus, who is the prince of the Bloodborne Vampires, and he made a deal with Rain in the last book to use Bloodborne forces to help Rain root out the Hiash forces in Sivernage so that Rain could ascend to the throne. Uh, his goals are mysterious, but he is definitely desperate to find a way to end the curse placed on the Bloodborne Vampires by their goddess, Nyaxia. Nyaxia is the goddess of the vampires, but she is also kind of terrible and un- unhelpful most of the time. This book takes place mostly in Sivernage, which is the capital of the Nightborn Kingdom. Vicky? Yes. Okay. So we pick up a few months after the event of the previous book. Rain has been king and is trying to find his place among the Rishon. Oriah is locked in her room and overcome with grief. Rain has been reluctantly working with the Bloodborne to help keep people in line. Very few are happy about having the Bloodborne around and about having a turned king who used to be a slave. So a civil war has started. Rain has been working with his advisors, including Vale and Karis, and unfortunately the Bloodborne Prince Septimus. One night, Septimus takes a walk with Oriah, and when he returns her to her room, he leaves two out of four of the locks unlocked. Oriah seizes the moment to escape and to try to find her people. However, she stops at Vincent's study and discovers a strange broken mirrored glass. She accidentally cuts herself on it, and suddenly it becomes a bull, and she can hear Jasmine. 
The glass is a communication device. She quickly decides to take it with her, and when she hears voices outside, she is forced to hide. However, she overhears some battle plans. She is soon found by Rain and has to go back to her room. Once there, she passes the information along to Jasmine, telling her to raid the armory. When Jasmine and the Hiage forces attack, things don't go quite as planned. The Bloodborne soldiers leave to engage in a battle elsewhere, but the Rashan soldiers stay behind. So the Hiage are forced to retreat, but do manage to cause significant damage. Oriya ends up injured. When she wakes, she is taken to speak with Septimus and others in Rain's cabinet. They found the mirror bowl. She is informed that it belonged to Vincent and only he could use it. However, it reacted to her. They are unsure if it is because of her blood or because she is an heir. She is informed that there are other possessions of Vincent that she may be able to use. They are looking for anything to help them win the war. Septimus has it in his head that God blood is the answer. He believes that Vincent had some and hid it. They need Oriah to help them find it. While she initially refuses and leaves, Rain finds her later. He tells her that he wants to work with her to get the Bloodborne out of their kingdom, and this is a way to do it. Oriah reluctantly agrees to help. Their first mission is to go to Lahore, where Vincent was from. Oriah has a cousin there, and they are hoping she will let them look through anything Vincent left behind. What they find is disturbing. Oriah's cousin has turned many children into vampires. However, they do manage to get her cousin drunk enough to have her show them Vincent's belongings. Unfortunately, nothing they are shown resonates with Oriah, but her cousin tells her about the day Vincent slaughtered his entire family, including children. The night that Rain and Oriah go to see the rest of Lahore, it is mainly ruins and demons. Rain tells Oriah that she needs to explore the vampire side of herself more, pushes her off a building, and her wings appear. She is thrilled, but it is almost sunrise, so Rain has to go back inside. Oriah decides to stay out. As she's exploring, she finds ruins that have wings on them, realizes it must have something to do with Vincent, is able to get inside the building, and finds a pendant that used to belong to him. Oriah's cousin appears and attacks her. Oriah ends up nailed to the wall. Um, luckily, she's able to break free, but almost dies. Rain finds her and takes her away to heal. He soon receives a message from Vale that there's a problem in the capital, so he leaves Oriah and his best friend Misha to try and solve the problem. However, after a few weeks, Oriah and Misha decide to follow him. While he isn't thrilled to see them, they arrived at the perfect time. Rain is going to throw a party for Vale and his turned wife Lilith. It is a way to invite other houses and maybe make alliances. The party is horrible. Rain gets drugged and gets strung up outside to die by sun. Oriah also gets attacked by Septimus. She manages to save Rain in this insane display of power, wielding Vincent's sword and using Nightfire. She kills almost everyone during the rescue. They escape, but they had to leave Misha and the pendant behind. They're helped by a human and find a safe place to stay. They come up with a plan. They will rescue Misha, get the pendant, then connect with Jasmine. This part actually goes okay. They're able to sneak in the palace through a secret tunnel. Rain goes to the dungeon while Oriah goes to her old room. Misha does kill the prince from the House of Shadows, which might be a problem later. However, they're successful in freeing Vale, Lilith, and Misha and escape the palace. They fly to meet Jasmine and they all develop a plan. They will combine Hiage forces with the loyal Rashan forces and attack. It doesn't go great. They're able to take out quite a few of their enemies. 
Um, but Aurora and Rain end up fighting Simon, who is an old torturer of Rain's. He's very cruel. He seems to be possessed or something. They're not exactly sure. And they see that the pendant and god teeth have been melded together and sewed into him. He is much stronger and they need to retreat. Oriah is gravely injured. Rain takes her to her aunt, who he found information about in Vincent's study. She is a healer and is able to heal Oriah. She is also able to provide some insight into Oriah's mother. Her mother wanted a better life and worked as a seer slash sorceress for Vincent. They fell in love and conceived Oriah. Oriah's mother, knowing Vincent's history and the general history of vampires killing their children, left Vincent. After telling her what she knows, Oriah's aunt gives her a bracelet that completes a jewelry set. When Oriah puts it on, a map appears on her hand with the location of the god blood. So what happens? Do they find the blood? Can they defeat Simon Septimus and Wolf the Bloodborne and Rishon Army? Spoilers ahead. Okay, what did you think of the book? I really liked the book. I read it pretty quickly and I felt like it was a really well-written story. I, um, yeah, I really liked it. I was pretty surprised by some of the things that happened, which is always really exciting for me because again, we've talked about this before, but like we read so much, it kind of seems like it's hard to get surprised by a book sometimes these days. And so when that happens, it is pretty nice. And I felt surprised which was really nice so I appreciated that what did you think I really liked it too I read it in two nights and I may have been able to read it in one if I hadn't had plans so I really liked it um I just said the one thing that bothered me is the flinching (laughs) so much flinching I did not notice this really yeah oh my gosh everyone's always flinching it's this quick flinch if you're watching their face really quickly they flinch but also like how does that work like have you ever been talking to somebody and you notice like them flinch quickly I don't think I've ever noticed this and I tried to do it and I just don't know is it their eyes their cheeks their mouth their whole body flinching I just I can't picture it like it's like Uh... a jerking movement but like a jerking movement is pretty obvious so I mean, it might just be like a small jerking movement, like in their face. I don't know. I mean, are you walking around talking to people in a way that is making them flinch? Well, no, but exactly. I mean, so we, what you know. need to do is go have a conversation <laughs> with someone and be a bitch. <laughs> be really gotcha. hateful or say something truly offensive and then watch their face and see what it does. I think of their uh, there's an episode of Gilmore Girls mm-hmm. where they, they've got it's the episode where Suki gives birth mm-hmm. but Lorelai has always been their Renoir girl and the last time they had this uh, it's like a city event where people uh, are living artwork or living sculptures or whatever and the they don't want Lorelai to be the Renoir girl this time because she flinched last time and I think about Miss Patty saying girl you flinched (laughs) so maybe you should watch Gilmore Girls I don't know um yeah I did not notice that at all so I believe you (laughs) I just did not notice it (laughs) yeah it 
it stood out to me. Um, sort of like, you know, Sarah J. Mass, she has that whole like brushing invisible lint off. <laughs> and watery bowels. There's a lottery ba- a lot of watery bowels in Sarah J. Mass books. <laughs> yes. A lot of bowels. <laughs> Authors have their thing. This one has flinching, so you know. Yeah. Let her do her thing. Yeah, I guess so. I, yeah, I didn't know that, but I'm sorry for these trying times that you went through. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, you bet. <laughs> I did notice that Araya gets hurt a lot. What is that? God, so yeah. much injury. <laughs> she almost dies. So what, many times. Three, times three or it. four times. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of times to almost it- die. Yeah, yes, it is. And then when we compare that, I mean, in the last book, it was the same way. Like, she almost died a lot. And, you know, human amongst the vampires, even half human amongst the vampires. Like, I could see it, but I, mm, just knowing what typical recovery tissue healing time is, I'm thinking this is excessive mm-hmm. for what she's able to do, be healed, and then go back and do again and i know there's magic and that changes things it's yeah she gets hurt a lot she does so does rain i mean there's twice where he almost dies yeah i you know i I guess it kind of you know kept the tension right yeah it moved the story along i i mean aren't they supposed to have guards where are the people that are protecting them well they keep throwing them uh, that's kind of victim blaming i guess but i was gonna say they keep throwing themselves like into situation without their guards right yeah so feel bad for the guards i guess maybe so they're probably just trying to do their job and they keep like sneaking away yeah yeah one thing that i really appreciated about this book is that so as we know in the last book rain murdered araya's father Mm -hmm. um and he knows he messed up that's it like he's like i know i messed up i know i completely ruined everything right mm-hmm. and he accepts that and i'm in this facebook group and i know we've read books where like the men grovel mm-hmm. to get back which is satisfying on some level yeah. right there's also a little bit of it that makes me uncomfortable because it's kind of like the no means no thing and it's like the guy keeps coming back and trying and trying mm-hmm. so but we didn't have that in this which I really appreciated he was like okay I messed up she hates me I can just show her with my actions that I care and I respect her um and he doesn't he doesn't even even so oh it's dual point of view which you didn't mention I don't think we mentioned but yeah um even in chapters with his point of view he's not thinking about how to get back together with her right? right there's no like him plotting or something well maybe if I do this she'll like me again no he's just like these are things that she would like i want to try to provide her freedom want to ha- give her you know what she didn't have before yeah i just appreciated that because so much i just feel like a lot of times it's a lot of what do i do to get back with her and mm-hmm. yeah yeah he like really sits with the uncomfortable feelings instead of um trying to force her to feel okay with him which i appreciate because when people do that they're not really doing it because they care about the person they're doing it because they feel uncomfortable so i like that he just kind of sits with his discomfort even though he doesn't even fully appreciate how much pain he has caused her 
until there are diff- there are different parts in this story where it really comes to light um, how much she has experienced because of his actions and decisions, which makes me feel really good because I want him to suffer. <laughs> I want him to feel bad mm-hmm. because he betrayed her and he feels bad, but I don't think he feels bad enough in some parts of these stories. And I get part of it is like, you know, he's multitasking here. So he's also like trying to lead his kingdom and stuff, but still I I want him to feel bad. And I appreciate that Araya doesn't just forgive him because I think that's more true to life or what you would experience if your former lover murdered your father and usurped your kingdom. And then basically had you marry them all within like 15 minutes, right? So I think it is a real life experience for her to be extremely angry and resentful and to not forgive him immediately. And I do feel like that is a trope that we see sometimes in books where the one character does something terrible to the other character and then they just kind of like walk it off and get over it and move on pretty quickly. Uh, Oriah carries these feelings for a significant part of the book. Yeah. And even after they get together right and they're back together she still struggles with it a little bit she's still like oh i'm with the guy that murdered my dad like you know so it's not just like oh yay we're all better there's still complex feelings i think the author did such a good job of Mm -hmm. like with the complexity of emotions and characters and everything Mm -hmm. relationships and feelings definitely i totally agree yeah because there were a lot of hard relationship things in this story. There was the conflict between Oriah and Rain, um, but also like Rain's feelings with himself and Oriah's feelings with herself. And then so much of the story was taken up by Oriah dealing with her conflicting feelings about her father. Mm-hmm. And I feel like those uh, situations were represented in a really good way that felt pretty true to life for uh, vampires mm-hmm so yeah um i i appreciated that as well well talking about her dad i guess vincent do you love him or do you hate him <laughs> yeah i still like him i like him too yeah i again so we're talking about complexity right it was he's dead but he still has such like a massive influence on Orion and on this book which is like you said true to life right mm-hmm. somebody that's significant in your life dies it doesn't just end right she struggles right. with it throughout the up to the end of the book yeah she's struggling with it yeah um and she's learning new things about him as it goes longer more the severity and the impact of things so she always knew he was kind of you know he had to do bad things but now she's confronted with those bad things and those people that he did bad things to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do appreciate that we didn't get like a giant info dump on everything. Yeah. Um, that we were slowly introduced to different aspects of him and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, Vincent reminds me of this picture I've seen of a representation of like generational trauma. Right. So in the picture, it's usually like a, a like an elderly person who is 
screaming at a younger person who is trying to do better for a person like their child who is even younger and then their child who is even younger being like compassionate to their child who's the youngest person in the picture and so I feel like we have Vincent's father being the first person the angry person the abusive person in this lineup of generational trauma followed by Vincent followed by Oriah followed by what would be her children in the future if she has them so I really liked Vincent's character I feel like he was really well written in his complexity and, and in the way that he interacted with Oriah Mm-hmm. I don't think because what this book does for us with Vincent and Oriah's mother and their relationship is it gives us context. And so with that context, we can make more informed decisions about what we think of his character and the decisions that he made and the the impact that that has uh, on Oriah. And so with that context, I don't think it would have been believable to have his character as someone who was raised with abuse and hate and brutality with their father turn into the perfect father for Oriah. Right. I think he probably started with his attempt to raise Oriah with the goal of not being like his father. But by the time she came into his life, he had already been the nightborn King for 180 years and had ruled with brutality. And so there's no like realistic way to let go of your gardenness, the fear of being overthrown that he's had to carry for his entire rule up to this point. Even in the, like, even before he got to this point before, like the way that he had to, to function to win the Kajari. So I, I don't think we could have someone who experienced those things turn into a father who was soft and open for their child. And so I think he probably did the best that he could in raising her the way that he did while also being mindful of his greatest fear, which is being murdered and overthrown by anybody, but especially progeny. And so that translated into being deceptive in how he interacted with his daughter. Yep. I think he gave her what he could uh, to feel safe, which is not great, uh, but he also could have just murdered her and never had to worry about all of this. And so um, I think that we we get a balance in what he was capable of uh, giving her. Yeah. No, go ahead. I was going to say, we have this, when he first sees her and meets her, he has this really, like, probably the most, like, pure emotion and reaction that we've had from him. And he thinks, like, surely no one has ever loved something, basically, the way that, like, I love this. My father never felt this way about me. And I feel like that, and probably when he died, though, was one of the, like, moments that he really got to, like, experience love and emotion and just kind of like a pure wholesome moment yeah um, yeah I I just feel like he was such a great character and I feel like he was really well written um and I feel like it must have been so hard and weird to love because what comes through in these revelations that we get from him is like a really intense and fierce love Mm-hmm. which is not what vampires are known for and so we have that on the same level as this tremendous fear that he has 
So how do you raise someone with all of the love that you have for them while also being terrified of them? And for them. Yeah. Because you raised, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think getting to see his memories and understand his motivations was great. And I also think that that brings forth some closure for our character, for Oriya, which I really liked for her because his death was so abrupt and she had even more questions after he died Mm -hmm. than she had when he was alive because so much came to light after he died. And so, yeah, I don't know. He wasn't like a good person. He wasn't great. I still liked him though. And with that, I still understand Oriah's hurt and anger and feelings of betrayal and resentment for him. Mm-hmm. How could you not have those things given what she experienced? Vincent had ruined me. He had saved me. He had loved me. He had stifled me. He had manipulated me. He had made me everything that I was, everything that I could be. Even the greatest parts of my power, the parts he never wanted me to find, were his. And now here I was pouring over every wound he gave me. And no matter how much they hurt, I never wanted them to heal because they were his. And I missed him too much to hate him the way I wanted to. And I hated him most of all for that. Yeah. And I thought that's just like a great kind of, I don't want to say summary, but I guess kind of like of her emotions for him, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And she sees because like you said so much came to light after everything and she's learning so much about him and it sucks to learn this basically second and third hand information from people you know so and i think something that she struggles with in the book as well is knowing that the relationship that she had with him is not the same as the relationship that he had with other people like with jasmine for example she finds out later on that he she's a lot jasmine is a lot more well versed in like the escape passages through the castle and things like that and so she feels like a little bit of a moment of betrayal because jasmine knew more but again their relationship was different and even in the conversation that she has with jasmine she's like i just assumed that he would tell you things because you were having sex with him and jasmine was like yeah i kind of thought that too but that's not how your father there was and she makes a comment about how he had already like loved something so much and like didn't really have the space for that with another person right mm-hmm. um i just i can i can see where her feelings would be really complex when i think that's a good representation of human emotion too most of the time we're gonna have complex like well, maybe not most of the time with a lot of folks that we are close with, I would say that our feelings can get really complex. It's like how you can love someone, but hate the way that they chew. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Or uh, get really annoyed with what they do with their laundry or something like that. I mean, those are not obviously on the same level as something like this, but we are complex people, which means we have complex emotions and I'm sure that that just gets even more intense when you're a 300-year-old vampire. So, or maybe it doesn't, you know, that's something that we kind of see. I don't know exactly with these vampires because what we see historically in books with characters who are very long-lived is that they tend to get a little bit more apathetic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
I don't necessarily get that in this story, but I do think that uh, Vincent's like, uh, maybe paranoia and brutality escalated with his age. Or at least right at the end of this book. Well, not this book, even the last book. Yeah, I think also since they're born into being vampires, maybe they don't really, I mean, they're... Hmm. I mean, Rain has been a vampire for 200 years, and he still seems pretty spicy in the emotions department. So maybe it's different if you're a turned vampire, or maybe these vampires are just different from canon vampires. Well, I wonder if part of it has to do with, right, so right, the vampires in this series, they grew up with just all of this murder and bloodiness and just awfulness, right? Yeah. Um, And... I would think most turned vampires, it, I mean, except for her cousins, um, grew up differently, right? And mm-hmm. experienced a wide range of emotions before that. They didn't, they weren't born into, you know, a world where they were concerned necessarily about being killed immediately as a child, being thrown out a window, you know? Which, why didn't they just come up with, con- like, don't they have contraception? Whatever. I don't know. I feel like that as well. But, so, I, I mean, maybe that's, that's why or they just become so desensitized to yeah. it because it's the world they were born into yeah i do think that misha makes a good point about emotions in the story so when misha is working with oraya on accessing her magic oraya is drowning in grief at this point and is really trying not to feel things because it's like a floodgate type of sensation if i start i won't stop And so she doesn't want to start with the feelings. But Misha talks about how closely magic is tied with feeling and about Vincent. And she says he was just as broken as the rest of us. And he was also so determined not to acknowledge it that he flayed you with those sharp edges and then berated you for having skin instead of steel. And I really appreciated that because I think... So it reminded me of uh, this thing that my therapist and I have talked about, uh, because for a long time, feeling things was very hard for me and uncomfortable. And so part of being open to like experiencing negative feelings like Araya is here, like grief and guilt and not, not necessarily guilt, but like grief and resentment, and anger and sadness. Um, part of closing yourself off to things like that is that you also close yourself off to things like joy um Brene Brown talks about this as well but when you create space in one direction for in one direction for like quote negative emotions that also creates space for positive emotion too and so trying to and if you think about like the way that Vincent talked about feelings with her the way that she talked about her feelings like fear is just a physiological response don't get mad when being angry is what allowed her to access her magic in the first book, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we have him like not like teaching her not to experience these emotions. Part of that being a protective response, right? Because vampires are going to exist like no physiological changes to heart rate and stuff like that, but also um, stifling her magic. Yeah, which is hard too. It's hard to uh, train yourself out of not feeling things. 
And then it's hard once you allow yourself to stop feeling things, once you've managed that to then feel things again, you know, so uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, Feelings are hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I liked that too. That was one, one, a quote I highlighted as well. Um, oh, so this book also had the interludes, um, Mm -hmm. in between the parts. And this might be one of my favorite things about these books. Um, I feel like they're really well-timed. I think I said this last time, they're short enough to not take you out of the story, but long enough to provide you helpful information without being overwhelming. Mm -hmm. Um, it just gives you extra insight on the character in this book, Rain. Um, but in previous books, there's a writer. Yeah. yeah. Did we read a book recently that had little interludes like this and it was really jarring? We did. I don't I can't remember, remember what it is. Was. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Um, they, uh, at the interludes are real short. They're just like a couple of pages. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's almost like a teaser within the story because you know that the, it's taking you somewhere. Mm-hmm. yeah I agree I really like the interlude too I also like the dual perspective in this story with Rain and Arias chapters I like I'm glad that we get to see the story from both of their perspectives yeah I was relieved when I read that so I look at reviews sometimes before I read the book um, and it mentioned the dual point of view and I was like oh good because yeah. If we had spent the whole book in Oriah's head, (laughs) it would have been overwhelming, I suppose. And I also don't know how well it would have, I think it would have been harder to change our feelings toward, towards rain. Yeah, I agree. I also really like that in the interludes in this story, they are from rain's perspective as a slave. Mm -hmm. And so having again context changes things right and so having the context of of what he experienced kind of made me feel a little bit less annoyed by his actions in the last book Mm -hmm. yeah there was some redemption in this story yeah and he wants so badly to not be like the kings before him Mm -hmm. um there's this one scene where after he and Oriah become allies, right? She makes mm-hmm. a comment about, oh, no one locks canes up in their bedchambers. And then he, his thought is, oh, Neculi had locked up his queen. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and he, he wants to, but then it also comes to, I mean, is it inevitable to be that way? Yeah. Right? To rule that way? Is, is it even possible? Mm-hmm. rule in a more ethical manner yeah yeah right well that's part of that is also um leading by like the examples i mean it's like parenting right you parent based on the way that you were parented unless you know better and can do better depending on how you were parented right so his experiences with leadership and rulership were being a slave to Neculi, who was a horrible person, and then seeing Vic Vincent run his country, which was also really brutal. Part of that's also acknowledging that 
because of the way that politics are, vampires are really brutal. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. That is really tough. I think that that comes through in different aspects of the story, wanting to be different than the people before you and then figuring out, well, how do I do that? Yeah. And he has an extra hard time because he is not popular. No. At all. Yeah. It's, it's hard. Mm -hmm. I feel bad for rain. I felt bad for rain several times in this story. He, Oh, he's trying so hard to make things better, but he doesn't really know how because he's a turned vampire and former slave who also fed his leaders to Vincent. Mm-hmm. Now people are struggling to accept his leadership, which makes sense. Yep. This He's in a really tough position. Yeah. And so it's interesting to see his interactions with Oriah because in Oriah's head, she's like, this is all a facade and a performance. Yeah. How well, she mentioned several times how well calculated everything is just from the way he walks to the, like, how he's smiling. Every single thing is calculated. Yeah. That would be exhausting. Oh, and he says that one point at one point. He's like, I'm just so tired. I think she says it too. The guy would be tired as well. This sounds like a terrible life. (laughs) It does. Yep. Yeah, Yeah, they both say it because he's tired of pretending the game and she's tired of like pretending to completely hate him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's a few moments. Uh, we talked about this a little bit. There's a few moments where she, um, Oriah, kind of like comes through with her feelings. And I just loved them so much when she sneaks into Vincent's office and finds her dad's uh, like that glass bowl thing. Mm-hmm. They have a little converta- confrontation and she's like, I mean, it's just this deeply upset and angry. Like, I hate you. You killed my father. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's so sad. Yeah. And she also mentioned she doesn't want to give him that either. Yeah. Like give him those emotions or show those emotions to him. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And then they have another moment where he it's after they go to Lahore, I think. And um, they make a comment about her killing him, I think. Or he makes a comment about it. And it, I think it's kind of flippant or something. I can't remember the, the situation exactly. But she's like, um, do you know that I have nightmares about myself killing you, like, often? Yes. Love and it's that. just, I mean, he had no idea. Because in his mind, he had framed this as him, like, doing her a solid, like. Yeah. And she's like, no, this is actually extremely traumatic for me. Yeah, I I like those moments where he realizes how he messed up in more ways than he thought. It wasn't just that he killed, you know, Mm -hmm. her father. He did some other stuff, too. Yeah. 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 
he says at one point that dying was the easy part yeah um which i think is interesting right because it leaves that whole he didn't at that time even really think about the i mean not the consequences i mean he was only focused on you know basically saving Araya, right yeah um so but saying dying was the easy part and then i think i have it in here oh the coming back was where all the mess started so it was interesting yeah it also gives me um buffy vibes did you ever watch buffy not a lot so i think it's season four buffy tells her sister the hardest thing to do in this world is to live in it and it kind of gave me those vibes i believe that i support that that statement Mm -hmm. being alive is hard yeah 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 uh nyaxi is pretty pretty crap as a deities go i feel uh really it's not that i feel like that's just canon anytime there are going to be deities they're going to be terrible mm-hmm. it seems that way with every book we read with some we read with some kind of mythology you can depend on the gods and goddesses to suck i think the only one that we read that wasn't like that was that mermaid one yep i had that same thought <laughs> yes the only one where it was like oh they were actually straightforward and helpful and not terrible yep yeah yep exactly that is exactly the thought that i had (laughs) that was the only one that i could remember with their deities that weren't crap yeah she i she's just not helpful she is a chaos monster i don't why she curses the bloodborne people. They have this awful illness because she gets her feelings hurt. Septimus tells this awful story about his brother. At least I actually felt bad for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tells this awful story about his king and this queen that loved each other. And they had a kid that was great. And they were they had a prophecy that said that it was going to either end the bloodborne kingdom or save them. And so they raised it with love. Mm-hmm. And the vampire boy went and he went to Nyaxia and was like, what can we do to make things better? And she just killed him. I know. She doesn't want to solve the problem. She is the problem. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the book, she, uh, uh, oh, darn, what's her name? Oriah asks Nyaxia for a Coriata spawn so she can save Rain. And she's like, hmm. No, I don't think so. Because if I do that, then the Hyaj and the Rashan empires will be fighting anymore. They'll have to unite. And they've been at war for thousands of years. And we don't want to change that. It's, oh gosh, I was going to say it's like the U.S. government. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she's just a chaos monster. She likes it to be messy. Yes. She's, no. I mean, look at this whole like dual, du- not dual tournament thing that they have in her name. Everybody dies except one person. Yep. Um, oh, I mean, her making uh, rain the heir to the Rishan throne. Like, I know. Yeah. Chaos monster. Yep. Yeah, not the, not the best best person 
no pretty rude as uh, deities go i still would like to have some type of prequel or sides side quest where we explore all of these deities because there's like a whole mythology in this story Mm -hmm. i would love i would i would love that yeah yeah in the back of the book there's um a glossary i guess that explain or that goes over you know all of the gods and stuff so oh i didn't know that oh really yeah cool yep cool so uh nobody is alarmed enough about septimus what oh i what is that so many thoughts about septimus like and i'm so confused about his ultimate goal same what is he trying to accomplish what is the point of all of this i i mean i don't i genuinely have absolutely no idea because i'm assuming in some way he won't they want to take the curse off of you know the um house of blood yeah which I really feel like somebody in the um should just let them win one of the Kajaris so that they can yeah. make that wish. But whatever. Um, I don't. I don't. I mean, unless he wanted to trade the blood. Oh God, God blood to cure the curse. I just don't get his goal. Yeah. Like, what was he gonna? What was he gonna do with that blood? Because, like, what was, like, what was the plan with Simon? He took that, I'm so troubled by the image of this necklace with teeth in it. Like, who, who, uh, uh, that's weird. He takes this pendant that was Vincent's, it's like an activator, it's a magic pendant. He, like, shoves Alaris, the god of death, he shoves his teeth into it. That's weird. And then that turns Simon, um, who is a Rashan asshole who's trying to take over the kingdom, into this like monstrous, tremendously powerful thing. Like, why? Why didn't what what is the point? Why didn't you just like kill him? Yeah, I have to say I'm also a little confused about that scene and what happened to Simon exactly. Yeah. Like, so when I was making the summary of the plot, I realized they just said it was under his skin. How did it get there, right? I assumed it was sewed under, but then I was just like, um, I went back and read the scene and it mentions that it looks like he's not there. So is he possessed? Because then later on, he's clearly taking action to the point where like he has memories at least of eating yeah. rain and stuff i just yeah. i didn't quite yeah i don't think he's totally checked in all the time yeah doesn't seem like it yeah but if that's the case like what is happening what is happening yeah what, I, I, is, yeah. what is this and then what is the point so is it like simon kills rain simon becomes the heir seems like a stretch given how Nyaxia randomly gave rain airmarks, who knows who would get them. Uh, so is the plan, like, Simon kills rain, Septimus kills Simon, and then takes, a, like, what? I don't know. I didn't. And that still doesn't solve his ultimate problem of him turning no. into a mindless beast. 
yeah, no, like I don't, we don't have enough information about Septimus's plans to know what the purpose of any of this is, which is fine. I like having all of the answers, uh, but there were a lot of like, I felt like little bit tidbits of information that were dropped throughout the story that I was not expecting to get like closure or answers to that we got. So I'm sure the answer is like coming in 12 to six months to a book near you. <laughs> yes. I hope so. But yeah, it was frustrating, I guess, to not know all of the pieces yet. Yeah. Um. So they're looking for blood. They're looking for blood. They go to Lahore. It's a spooky, oh. scary city. For some reason. So I know that we've seen vampire children before. I don't like them. I I know we've seen them before. They didn't bother me before, but this one bothered me so much. And there were two reasons mainly one was that the children stayed at the cognitive level of children yeah. right at the age they were frozen in a lot of books that you read or even tv shows or anything with that they like become wise right you have this like weird five-year-old giving you you know secrets on the universe sort of thing mm -hmm. right no these kids are just frozen as like yeah and they just will not get any more brain development and there's this one description about the children crawling over the humans dead humans and lapping up their blood mm -hmm. and i was just like this is very upsetting <laughs> um for this i yeah. oh lahore was lahore was a rough it was a horror yeah they could call it yeah very nice. yeah lahore is a bad time i would not travel here no definitely not, not on the bucket not list. book a trip mm -mm. nope i didn't like the vampire children i didn't like that they had humans strapped down to the tables and that they were eating them i didn't like evelena she was creepy as shit uh i mean so much trauma there obviously vincent stabbed her in the chest and she survived it while all of her siblings and family members were dying around her and then was left alone for hundreds of years like she, girl been through it yeah yeah she been through it mm -hmm. so like that sucks but at the same time this was a this was a bad trip it's a very bad trip because on top of not only the children and then we'll get to Uriah's attack and everything like that, we also have um, her cousin, Evelina, right, um, mm -hmm. telling her her side sort of and her family's side of what happened, what Vincent did, which yeah. is upsetting to Uriah. And that's something difficult, I'm sure it was for her to confront, like we know it was you know, she's like, I knew these things happened. Yeah. But, oh my god, these things happened. Sort of. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot to confront. It is. It is. Yeah. 
this is also the the time when um Oriah gets her wings though. That was a plus. Yep. Mm-hmm. Rain pushes her off of a building, and she uh, I mean, it's like when you throw someone in a pool and teach them how to swim, you know. So she poofs her wings out, can't get them to go back in. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Ends up being a problem later. Mm-hmm. Um. And. She uh finds the cave where he's left the pendant for her. Well, not for her, but he's left the pendant along with the wings of all of his family members nailed to the wall, I guess. It's a pretty dark moment. Um, She gets to experience some of Vincent's memories, mm-hmm. uh, which, again, just gives her some context. It, the little, like, I'm thinking of, like, the italicized part where his memories are. He talks about how... It was worth it to him to go through, like, all of the terrible things that he experienced to be able to kill his father, whom he hated, mm-hmm. and his nieces and nephews, who he'd helped raise, and things like that. Um, I mean, it just really highlights, like, the intensity of Vincent at this stage in his life, how brutal he truly has become to achieve the things that he wants to achieve. But then we also have this moment with his memories where he's like, I can't remember exactly what he says, but it's something like, I will not regret this. Like, I will not regret that or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. There's like, you know, um, like a little bit of conscious coming, conscience coming through there, I think. Yeah. You know what these kind of remind me of? Like her finding all these objects, Harry Potter and the Horcruxes. Oh, I had that same thought too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Especially with the memories related to it, like that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then it all it all kind of falls apart. Evelina uh attacks her, takes the pendant away, and then nails her wings to the wall Ooh. with the plans to kill her, Araya, so that she can become the heir. Mm-hmm. Uh pretty bad time for everybody. Yep. Because Oriah then uh, tricks her, Evelina, and sets her on fire. I love how Oriah's powers develop in this story when mm-hmm. she finally starts to embrace them. Yeah. I know, it's a good turning point. Because mm-hmm. just a couple, well, actually, I don't know, maybe it was like a hundred or so pages before this, she was talking about she couldn't even pick up Vincent's sword. Mm-hmm. You know? And now here she is like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. Yeah. You know, I got wings. I can do this. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did think it was interesting that she learned how to fly really quickly. I was just hearkening back to A Court of Mist and Fury by Sarah J. Mass when Feyre was trying to learn how to fly. Mm-hmm. And it took like a while. Yeah. Yep. Because the wings are awkward and bulky and stuff. I mean, it's mentioned in this book, too, as well, the tension yeah, in the wings, you know, like always kind of keeping them up mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But I know it, she just kind of like is pushed off and is like, ah, wings. Doesn't she crash, though? She does crash. so she, Yeah, she does crash. Yeah, she's not super elegant with it, like right off the bat. Yeah. Um, eventually, so Oriah 
almost dies again. And she is taken to like a small city on the outskirts of Sivrenage, it sounds like, to recover. Mm-hmm. And they don't stay there for super long. They go back to the castle, and this is when we get to the big wedding party for Vale and Lilith, mm-hmm. which was a shit show. Mm-hmm. I thought, and you have this note in here too, I was uh, suspicious of Vale's character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, because he had been really complacent. He was a war general when rain was Nekulai's slave and so he never like participated in the abuse of the slaves but was complicit really mm-hmm. never said anything about being against it never tried to like redirect their attention hey instead of torturing this why don't we go get a snack sort yeah. of thing <laughs> yeah and so he doesn't come off as being really trustworthy and he's got this uh wife now her name is Lilith she's a turned vampire what I liked about in these scenes is that Rain walks Lilith to her room at one point and he's like look if you're not here because you don't want to be here I got you we'll get you out I can keep you safe he's just a good guy I really didn't like I was very annoyed with him at the end of the last book, but he does a lot to redeem himself in the story. Yeah. He does. He's um, very dedicated to caring for people. Yes. I mean, he actually does something about the human districts, right? No more vampires yeah. out there. Yes. Oh. Hunting humans. Uh oh. But in terms of Lilith and Vale, apparently there's a novella in between these two books, and it's their story. It's How like interesting! Piece of Roses, or I, I don't remember the title, but yeah, their story is we've got it. There's a little book um, <laughs> that they did on it. I had no idea. Yeah, um, but Vale, right? So talking about him, just you know, being complicit, right? I love that Rain actually calls him on it, mm-hmm. right? He goes, oh, so now you have a turned wife, so everything has changed. Now it affects yours, so you can be moved to care. Don't feed me that bullshit. Mm-hmm. And I love that. Same. It was it was great. It's like the people who said um, that COVID wasn't real, and then they got COVID. Or people who are anti-abortion and then end up needing to have an abortion. Yep. Yeah, same. Yeah. Those things make me so annoyed. Yeah. Because they can't be bothered unless it. Yeah. Uh, that speaks them. to a lack of empathy. Yeah. Yeah. I love that too. Mm-hmm. And then later on, I like that Vane, uh, Vale um, ends up say, uh, thanking Rain for saving him and Lilith after everything at this party goes to shit. And um, he tells Rain that he was right about... Mm-hmm his complacency and for calling him out and stuff yep Yep. love to see somebody admitting where they're wrong yes it is a good thing um yeah i didn't really have an idea in my head about who was the betrayer i was just like "Mm, we're gonna find out i'm not gonna put too much thought yeah into this 
but I that that wedding party definitely did not go the way I thought it was gonna go. Like I knew something bad was gonna happen, but I didn't and I knew Septimus was bad. But I don't know, that wedding party just didn't I was surprised. It got wild in a lot of directions. It yeah, it's not not a good party. Yeah. Uh the Shadowborn King or Prince shows up and Misha starts acting weird, right? Mm-hmm. Uh so we later find out that he was the one that turned her and abandoned her. Mm-hmm. And then she kills him and it's amazing. Yep. And then I, feel I like, oh sorry. No, go ahead. I feel bad for her because after that she's so concerned that she messed up and made like a huge political error. Mm-hmm. Um, and Rain is like, no, yeah, no. I'm glad you killed him. Yeah, I mean it probably is a pretty big political error, but good for her. Yeah, they'll deal yeah. with it when they need to deal with it. That's right. I think of her as being just so like happy and sunshiny and being a vicious murderer is also is like so at odds with that mm-hmm. yeah um i know i love the description she's in this gorgeous like gold dress and stuff for the party mm-hmm. that's poofy yeah i yeah. can picture it perfectly in my head yeah i do have to say i did wish we had a little bit more of her in this i know she's getting her own book but yeah. i just expected her to play a little bit of a bigger role in this when she showed up i was like yes she's there she's gonna like help them heal their relationship but she didn't really no she yeah. didn't but they kind of healed it on their own which is right. good probably better than having someone do it for them yeah yeah i think i just i just expected to see her more you know yeah um in this scene we also have rain confronting his abuser simon mm-hmm. uh which was really hard i felt bad for him like he's got all of this pomp and power now and simon shows up and he just struggles so much it's like going back to being abused mm-hmm. sad also i pictured simon as lord denethor from the lord of the rings which did not help because i know he's supposed to be like a pretty attractive older guy I just see Lord Denethor eating tomatoes and it kind of ruins that. Yup. And then we have all this business with Septimus, which I still just don't really understand. Yeah. I like, would what's under- the plan? <laughs> I would understand if he was looking for the god blood to help his people. Yeah. But he just seems to be another agent of chaos. Yeah, he clearly does have an end goal, but nothing that's, I don't know, being put together. Yeah, yeah. nothing that's really obvious right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then Oriya and Rain are attacked. Oriya finally uses uh, Vincent's sword, mm-hmm. Taker of Hearts, successfully. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. saves Rain. They fly to his secret apartment mm-hmm. and have sex, which was really hot. It was a good scene. We have another long sex scene. So I appreciated that. But at the same time, I was thinking, like, is this really the time? 
It definitely was not the time, though I did <laughs> very much appreciate this sex scene as well. First off, he gets completely naked. She stays like totally clothed, which is such a reverse. Yeah. And what we normally see, you know, normally the guy just like drops his pants and whatever. Yeah. Um, But she, you know, so he's more vulnerable mm-hmm. in that moment. Um, He's also like horribly injured. But I would yeah. like to know why, why the drinking blood part was sexy. I was just like, oh, I guess maybe it was a description of them being like feeling attached to each other or whatever. But I was like, hmm. Wow, this happened to me too. Lexi Foss has a has a book where that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was not grossed out the way I feel like I should have been <laughs> by it. Maybe you have a new kink. Absolutely not. <laughs> I do not want to drink blood. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, I am not as grossed out about it when I read it in books. It is certainly not something I would um, desire sexually. Yes, thank you. <laughs> yeah, uh, I agree. This scene was really hot, um, and the blood drinking was really hot. I I love the sex scenes in this story. I feel like they are so well written. Mm-hmm. Um. Her Araya's pleasure is always prioritized. Rain does a lot of stuff to give her control, which she needs to feel safe. But he's also just like really reassuring with his words. He checks in with how she is feeling throughout. Mm. And it's not this scene. uh, But in another scene where they have sex, he has her positioned so that she is like up against a wall mm-hmm. which is like a confining position for her and not something that she's been comfortable with up until this point and so he checks in like are you okay are you feeling trapped do we need to stop do we need to... and then this happens again when they have sex and he's positioned on top of her the same types of check-ins like are you okay how are you feeling and in that one she even talks about how like nice it is to have the weight of him and how comfortable he feels um he's just so caring and supportive in these moments and throughout the book but it's really nice to read about it in those moments specifically yeah even when talking about because she has mixed feelings about drinking blood and he is just really supportive of her um because she kind of likes it or she's not sure what her feelings are necessarily and he says it doesn't have to mean anything it's just how your body reacts Mm. Um, you don't have to assign meaning to this so yeah he was very considerate always thinking about her you know and how she feels i also there's this one scene so they the spring scene right the spring bath Mm -hmm. that they have i think she shows up and she like tells him to turn around Mm -hmm. and then and he does like it's not there's no like wow i've already seen you naked sort of thing he's like all right you want your privacy you can have it there are springs over there you know if you want it to be private that's fine you know i appreciated that as well because there are moments where i mean also they just came out of that disgusting sewer and stuff so yeah you know there are moments that you just kind of want to not be looked at when you're naked Mm. i yeah yeah but still want like the intimacy and the presence of the person that you're with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It was really good. Yeah. He's just really sweet. 
-hmm. He is. Before we get to the spring scene, they break back into the castle and they go through the sewage system to do it. And that scene Mm -hmm. is disgusting. She opens her eyes underwater. Why? I was just the infection. Uh, All I was thinking about was infection. She definitely has pink eye. Yup. Nasty pink eye stuff. Yup. Cholera. She probably got cholera. Yep. She gets a cut at one point on her shoulder while they're fighting in the castle. And I thought, well, you're going to get a staph infection. (laughs) Oh, I would just let the kingdom burn. I wouldn't. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not doing that. (laughs) No, thank you. Yeah. 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 It was gross. Um, anyway, they, they do that. They rescue their friends and then they go back and that's when we get to the spring scene. They fly in their nasty sewage leathers for like a week. That mm. I could not, I absolutely, was there nowhere I would like roll around in fly like sand naked. And dirt or something. I would do anything. I don't, I, mm. no, absolutely not. Yeah. Twas gross. It was. And I'm very glad that there wasn't like a sex scene while they were still gross. Uh yeah. Like we had in uh one of the from Blood and Ash books. Yeah. I was yeah. I was concerned when that happened. I was like, oh, I hope there's no like sex scene following this because Yeah. I would not enjoy it. No. Mm-hmm. Um but anyway, they oh, I forgot. This happens uh after the party, after Vale and Lilith's party, uh, I felt like Rain, like I had a, like a full, like, okay, he's redeemed himself moment because he made his arrangements for Oriya to flee to the human lands. Mm-hmm. And he has the letters and other things that he found uh, that are about her mother. Mm-hmm. And he describes like, the process that he went through and the time that he devoted to looking through Vincent's extensive libraries to find this stuff. And I just thought that was so sweet and thoughtful when he had all of this other kingdom stuff to do that he was spending his time doing this for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that sort of goes back to, you know, what we were talking about. He was going to let her go. Yeah. It's not going to be any like, you know, trap with it, or anything. he was genuinely going to let her go because mm-hmm. he wanted. Um, oh shoot, there was a quote. It was something like, "Um, the world didn't deserve Oriya, but she could be wonderful." Mm-hmm. Something like that. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, he does a lot of really sweet things. He like, sure does. <sighs> yeah. I felt like he, I was ready to be really irritated with him again, but I I felt like he really redeemed himself after what happened in the last book. So I appreciated it. Yeah. Um, so they meet up with Jasmine. Yeah. This is the, I think that's the next thing that happened. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, Actually, I I was worried that it was going to become like I thought I was worried that it was going to be drawn out. 
that scene like that part where they're like training and getting together with the Rashan army and then later the humans join and stuff yeah in my head when I started reading that and they mentioned like getting the two together I was like oh is this gonna end up being like super long um talking about you know training but it wasn't Mm -hmm. which I appreciated no I mean they they jump straight into Mm -hmm. war it goes badly uh simon has that pendant with the teeth in it and they get their butts kicked and have to retreat and oraya <laughs> almost dies again um, <laughs> she falls off the balcony oh and it's funny well i'm not funny but this, it's the same balcony vincent stopped her from climbing on when she was a yeah kid yeah yep is that irony I have no idea what irony is anymore, okay? Yep. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, we have Araya almost dying again. But we have this great, like, reunion moment. So, uh, Rain takes her to, I think the town is called Vartana, which is where her mom was from. They had a reference to it in the letters that he found. And so, she has this, like, family reunion moment with her aunt, Alia. Alia? Mm-hmm. And she heals her from these awful wounds that she had using the the power or the magic from the goddess that they serve, which is Acacia. And uh, like this story kind of went in directions that I didn't expect it to go in. And this was one of those directions because I wasn't really expecting to get any backstory on her mom. And so I liked the way that the author tied this visit in with the jewelry that Oriah had been given her ring, the necklace, and then um, later with a bracelet that Aaliyah had that belonged to Oriah's mother, Alana. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought that that was brilliant because when they all come together, it turns into a map. I wasn't mm-hmm. expecting that. Yeah, it was really clever. It was so clever. Was not expecting that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was, it was good to get, you know, information as well. And cause, um, you know, in the last book when, oh shoot, what's the name of that city? It just gets absolutely decimated. Right. And oh, right, yeah. Thinks, like, any, mm-hmm. yeah, that's it. Um, thinks that that's it. That's the only chance, like her family's gone. Right. Yeah. And so finding out that she, that's not true, that she hasn't. Uh, you know yeah yeah and then Mm -hmm. um that she was loved her her aunt talks about her family her mom her adopted father Mm -hmm. uh, her siblings and she talks about how she was beloved and cared for and we get a little bit of backstory on vincent's uh affair with her mother Mm mm-hmm yeah and it kind of also reinforces what we saw like that that her aunt describes an episode where Vincent came to their town and met with Aaliyah and she makes a comment about how they were like the sun and the moon to each other but he didn't like he didn't see humans as like important or people yeah yep it right it brings you back to that scene where he shows Oriah like the humans and yeah tables and stuff took you back there yeah 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 
And then we, so in one of the, in the battle that they just came out of the taker of hearts, Vincent's sword gets destroyed. And so, uh, Aaliyah's husband is able to forge the sword that was Vincent's into twin blades, which is what Oriah likes to fight with, which I thought was pretty cool too. I love that because that reminds me. So, you know, the sword is Vincent's. So there's part of Vincent sort of in it, right? Mm -hmm. There are these memories. And so, but it's not super useful to her is this giant sword that she doesn't know how to wield, you know? Um, And getting the pieces of the sword, you know, reforged, I guess, into dual blades. I thought it was just such a great way of keeping like a piece of him, but also making it your own. So it makes me think of like family heirlooms, like, you know, you might get a really ugly pin or something like that. And, but you take it and you make it your own, um, either into like a necklace or a ring or something like that. Um, So it's not that you're destroying it, you're still making use of it, right? So it's still useful to you. So instead of just getting like new dual blades, right, completely, and then letting the sword or the pieces of the sword just sit somewhere, she uses that and incorporates into to be something useful for her instead of just something to look at or memorialize or something. Yeah. Right. So after you know, she gets healed and they have a map now to the God blood. They make their way. It is chaos. The end of this book is chaos. Mm-hmm. Uh, they fly into battle really. So they get to the, the ruins, which is where this blood is at. Rain can't go into the ruins. He will die. Oriah has to go by herself. That's really stressful. So he's like, you know what? I'm just going to fly out and join everybody. And I keep them away from Oriah so she can do her thing. Uh Oriah figures out how to get in there, but it requires a lot of her blood and she gets to experience Vincent's memories again, which is really painful for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then she... oh god, yeah. I was gonna say she gets to see her mom through like Vincent's eyes, both at the like height of them being in a romantic relationship and then also afterwards. Yeah. After they've broken up. Mm-hmm. I, that's a nice way to say it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Broken After up. She's left him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get to see one of the final memories that he gave to this seal, basically, to keep the god blood under um, a lock, which was his uh, memory of seeing her for the first time, Oriah for the first time. Mm-hmm. And like the immediate love that he felt for her. So cute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh so Oriah's doing that. Meanwhile, Rain is fighting Simon to keep him away from Oriah. And it it's like brutal and he gets stabbed like a billion times. Oriah gets the blood. And mm-hmm. Vincent in some form, like ghost form or whatever, ghost Vincent is there and she's talking to him. And so she gets the blood and she's like, Okay, like what now? And he's like, Uh, I don't know shoulder shrug drink it or or like you could put it on your swords and i just feel like this was something they should have talked about yeah when i got to this situation and she's like what do i do with this (laughs) uh yes i had the same thought she has it and it's like oh now what yeah i was so 
when she then leaves that and like comes and sees you know rain basically dead at this point mm-hmm. right um i really thought she was gonna have him drink it i thought that oh was yeah be that happened mm-hmm. mm-hmm. or like pour the blood over his wounds right yeah yes. yeah uh that is not what happened though she did uh not drink it or pour it over her swords what she did instead was offer it up to the goddess nyaxia hoping that she would be helpful in some way and she was not shocker shocking uh she was pretty unhelpful actually um she's like yeah so <laughs> i just don't uh gods so she she descends from the heavens and she's like what is going on here <laughs> strong attitude coming in she sees simon she's got her lover it's got he's got her lover's teeth in a necklace and she's like excuse you those are mine she kills him Mm -hmm. she she takes the necklace back or is like what if we trade i'll give you this blood even though it's it's your blood if you if you like if you want it but can you save rain can we have the coriata spawn and at this point nyax he is like "Mm, no if i do that then uh, it will end the thousands of years of conflict between the Rishan and the Hiyaj, and I'm not going to get involved with that. So it's better just to, like, let him die, and you can remember him. Uh, didn't I tell you that love sucks? Okay, mm-hmm. hey, bye. Yep. Like, I don't understand. If she's so mad about her lover's teeth, which should be a band name, lover's teeth. <laughs> um, if she's so mad about her lover's teeth, like, why doesn't she have people guarding her lover's body? Why is a god's body just like hanging out where people can steal his teeth? What I mean, is happening? It sounds like it was scattered around. You know? Why? I I don't know. I it's, that's why we need like a little bit of a prequel into this cuz I know that you know her lover got murdered and then apparently his body parts and his blood were just hidden around the world. I guess um yeah yeah i don't know it's weird and so niaxia is like sorry i can't help you bye but i will take that blood and the teeth um (laughs) and so rain is dying (laughs) so araya instead calls on the goddess okasia who okasia who is her mother's goddess the goddess that her mother served who does grant the coriatus bond yay um but she's like uh, just so you know, Nyaxia is going to be mad about this. You should expect retaliation at some point in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yep. I love how she couldn't give like any more information than that, or like even any like sort of defensive things. Just be ready for this goddess to try to, I don't know, whatever hurt you in some Where way. Hurt you. Yeah good luck with that kill your children yeah absolutely no hint on how to how to take care of that yeah but yeah uh but but they live and the important people live Mm -hmm. misha lives katora Vale, lilith rain they live i have questions like the war just stopped when simon died is that how wars work like how do they know was there like a signal that went up in the sky that was like, all right, Simon's dead. You can all go home. 
yes that's maybe that it's done by like that maybe they were setting up some pheromones i don't i really don't know i'm trying to th- i mean well no because like most of the time when wars end right there are like treaties drawn up and stuff yeah it just seemed like an abrupt end to the war and then like where did septimus go nobody knows where septimus is mm-hmm. he's just disappeared and i'm sure that that will come up in the next book yeah and they're not even really looking for him i feel yeah. they're sort of like all right he'll show up when he shows up I don't know. Maybe he'll turn into a mindless beast before then. Maybe so. I doubt it. I'm sure that he will turn up. There will be drama. He is also a chaos monster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but it ends. Everybody's happy. Kind of. Rain and Oriya are happy. Things are okay. Yep. Misha's leaving. And the next book will be about her. I'm looking forward to that. I'll read that for sure. I will too. I really liked these books. Mm-hmm. Me too. Yeah. Okay. Is there anything else you want to say about this book? I don't think so. I think. Okay. Cool. Favorite quotes? Yes. So I have humans mourn time because it is the only currency that really matters in a life so short. And I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Mm-hmm. I have this little snippet of a conversation that Araya and Rain have. So Araya says, you have nothing but me, and yet you let me go. And Rain says, I have nothing but you, so I am letting you go. So sweet. So sweet. Loved it. Loved it. Yep. Okay. Well, that wraps up The Ashes and the Star-Cursed King by Carissa Broadbent. Join us next time. We'll be discussing The Atlas Six by Olivia Blake. Thank you for listening to Literary Quest. We hope you enjoyed our episode. If you'd like to follow us on social media, we can be found at Literary Quest Podcast on Instagram or Facebook. You're also welcome to share your thoughts and ideas with us via email at literaryquestpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks again.